0: That both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman here with my buddy Christian.
1: Christian, how you doing? David, you embarrassed me today. What did I do? I invite David to a Bitcoiners beef dinner, you know, VIP invitation, just gets right in, and we have a telegram group, and in this Bitcoiners telegram group, David goes, I own zero BTC. I was
0: asked how much BTC I own, and then I said guess, and the person said I'm, I'm afraid it's zero, and then I said it's zero. But uh, one of my life's rules is that I never lie, so I told the truth, and I said I own zero Bitcoin.
1: I actually think that you are a huge liar, and you just really taking OPSEC into uh, consideration here and just running with it. It's fine. It's fine.
0: I think you just can't come to terms with the fact that your friend uh, just doesn't see the value proposition of Bitcoin and chooses to invest his money elsewhere. The funny thing is, like, if I did want to buy Bitcoin, I wouldn't actually buy Bitcoin and I'd just rather buy wrapped Bitcoin because it's just so much more convenient. All right, let's move on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, David, you this is not really a fight night, but you called this uh, this podcast together to talk about. Thou that should not be named
0: Yeah, so everyone has heard of the name Libra And I'm sorry to make an episode about this But uh, I think there is a pretty massive story behind Libra That not many people are talking about there's this, there's this nuance to what Facebook is doing with Libra And I really want to make this as apparent as possible Because A, it's really, really interesting uh, And B, it's extremely relevant And C, it's a big fucking deal uh, and so, what Facebook? I want what I want to talk about is that. So the the, the whole Facebook uh, the, or the the Libra image is if you you go search for this image, it's like the first one that pops up. It's the Libra logo in the center with the three waves surrounded by the word, and then it's a circle of logos around it, of all of these tech companies that have signed onto the Libra platform, right? Like we have some super heavy hitter players, you know, Visa and MasterCard first off are like, it's really nice to have those guys on your cryptocurrency network, Visa and MasterCard, because it scales to so many people so quickly. So like, boom, solving the scaling problem. Uh, And then you have like eBay, Stripe, um, Uber, Spotify, Facebook itself, obviously, uh, PayPal, All these like massive companies that are really big in tech, and they're all surrounding Coinbase. Coinbase is on there, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Coinbase. And so, like, at first glance, it just looks like a normal like advertisement. All these various companies are like contributing their efforts to grow this Libra network, but I really want people to reconsider with what this actually is. This is big tech's declaration of independence. From the traditional government controlled finance system, what Facebook has done by spearheading the whole Libra initiative is they realized through the cryptocurrency world, these this whole narrative that we've all been spitting out in the last two to three years that like governments don't have to be the only entity that issues money nowadays. Facebook was like, hmm, that's interesting, we're going to make our own uh, uh currency, call it Libra. And it's also going to be outside of the control of the federal government because we're going to rally like the largest tech players that we can behind this thing, and so global tech players, global tech players, right? And so like it would be it would be one thing if Libra was just like an ERC twenty token on top of Ethereum, or if it would be just, just be like a fork of XRP and its own native blockchain. But there's actually a very um, tried and true method to how they're structuring the finance behind libra that we all need to be pay attention to uh and so there's there's not too many details behind what's going on but there's like one sentence in the um in the literature that's available uh from the white paper uh and it's and it says the 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 big sentence is the money in the reserve the the libra reserve will come from two sources investors in the separate investment token and they're users of Libra, and so this separate investment token is a private security token that they've created that you have that the companies have to purchase in order to gain access to validating the Libra network. And so it's like it's it's the security token, it's the equity token, it's the token that appreciates in value as the network goes up, like in in. It's like the Bitcoin equivalent for the Bitcoin network, the Ether equivalent for the Ether network, but also the MKR token for the MakerDAO decentralized central bank. And so what it really is, is Libra has two columns, just like any bank ever. It's got the asset column and the debt column. And when uh, companies purchase the uh, the separate investment token, the Libra investment token, they purchase it with money, right, like U.S. dollar or euro or fiat or whatever. And then the money that they use to purchase it goes into the Libra's asset column. And then they get a share of the Libra equity. And then they also have um, – then, then then there's the, the debt column, which is the Libra cryptocurrency, right? And so what just happened is that these all these different companies that are taking place in the Libra network – like donate funds to Libra in in return, get the equity of the network. But you can only be this large, like big tech company that throws in $10 million minimum to get this investment token back, the equity of Libra. And then once you get the equity of Libra, you are a part of the Libra Association, which gives you control over minting the Libra currency. And so, but that's just what a central bank is. And so a central bank has an asset column and a debt column. And the freedom of the central bank is that it can mint money and put that in its asset column and then sell that money for other assets like securities. In the 2008 crisis, it was the uh, you know, credit default swaps that everyone, everything defaulted on. Uh, and so they just mint money and then purchase those things, and then, the, and then the money goes to the debt column, and then the, uh, the, you know, the bad loans or the, whatever, the property goes to the asset column. And so it's just the same old central bank model. And so what Facebook just built is a central bank where any tech, big tech company with a $10 million minimum can take part in the network, but it's totally separate from the U.S. government or any other federal bank. And so they just what what the Libra is, and go back to that that original like uh, logo circle I was talking about. It's a declaration of independence, saying we're creating our own financial system, and there's so many of us that you can't fight us all. And that I think is something very much worth paying attention
1: to, and pretty dystopian. So you said dystopian there. I'm assuming that means this is bad for public crypto in your mind. It's
0: both good and bad. It's good for the prices. Because it's going to hasten the do- adoption of crypto, and so in, in that sense, like it's it's going to make onboarding to to crypto easier. It's for sure like this gateway half step into full crypto. It, it makes it easier to go full crypto. It's bad uh, because now now there's two enemies, right? Now crypto has to fight the government, and now it also has to fight Libra because now there's there's. To It used to be just a tug-of-war between crypto and and governments, and now it's a three-way tug-of-war
1: between crypto, Libra, and governments. One thing that really interests me about Libra specifically is that they chose to not piggyback off the dollar's existing network effects, that they decided to create a new monetary standard and kind of start from ground zero. I'm very interested if they're going to be able to actually bootstrap uh, liquidity I mean granted all of these companies have massive you know massive reach and massive network effects already you know they have the two biggest credit card networks payment networks in the world already Visa and MasterCard so like this thing is going to have massive rails to begin with but at the same time like is that gonna be enough to actually bootstrap a monetary standard um, just because they you know have the infrastructure very interesting very interesting yeah
0: so i i think we should assume that the answer to that question is yes because if facebook was a nation it would be 2.4 billion people which may, would make it the largest nation on planet earth and that's just facebook right it's not even including all the other stakeholders in the libra network which as of now is 30 massive companies probably all their their consumer base overlaps but there's nothing to stop like more companies from coming on the Libra network. And like in the, in the, in the world of game theory, it would be like, and I, I talk about this in my article, uh, there's no, there's not too much disincentive to not adopt the Libra network for the average company, because you can just easily take both. You can take dollars and Libra and there's not too much risk or hassle there. Um, and then the risk of missing out on the Libra network when you could have just invented a relative, invested a relatively small amount of money, $10 million, to join in the Libra network, that incentive is really high. Uh, and so it's like, a, it's like a very low risk, high reward for all these companies. And when so many companies come on to the Libra network, it boosts the value of the Libra currency because all these extra companies will
1: accept Libra. Like, I don't, we, we don't really know what this means. So, wait, really mm-hmm. quick, really quick. We got to differentiate between the the governance token, the security mm-hmm. equity token, and then the Libra coin, which is going to be right. a stable
0: coin. So, there's the Libra investment token, which is only hinted at in one sentence in the documentation. So, that's like the security token. So, we, we should find out a different name for that. But if you want to map it on to a different model, it's the MKR token. And then Libra, the Libra network. Just call it the governance token. token. And then there's the Libra currency, the Libra cryptocurrency, Libra coin, which is in the same MakerDAO model is DAI because the governance token MKR mints DAI or the Libra governance network elects to mint more Libra currency to issue
1: out into the rest of the world. So really quick, I thought that this is going to be strictly fiat backed. So I didn't realize that they could actually mint it uh, like at their will. I thought that they have to have fiat in the bank.
0: So if you mean that it's like a dollar peg where there's like $1 in the bank and that backs the Libra, no, I, I don't think that's what's going on here. So I think they they mentioned the Libra Reserve, which is like the asset column of a bank. It's how much does the bank have in the vaults to pay its debts. And so the Libra Reserve—that's what you have to add to as a Libra network member. You know, PayPal, Coinbase, you know, Spotify, Uber—all these people bought Libra investment tokens, which are equity, and they—and then the money that they used to buy the Libra equity tokens went into the pool of fiat currencies that are in the asset column of the bank. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Libra currency, the Libra, the cryptocurrency that they just made, are actually one-to-one backed, right? So this is just what I understand at a high level, but I don't really hear anyone saying anything otherwise. The value of the Libra currency is supposedly backed by all of the fiat in the ownership of the Libra network, the Libra Association. And that doesn't even have to be just fiat because what the Libra Association can do is they can take that fiat and earn an interest on it. You know, you can you can earn like two to four percent interest on your fiat if you're special. Uh, and then you can also buy treasuries, you can buy bonds, and then earn like a similar amount. You can also buy more risky things like stocks or real estate. But you basically just get to do whatever you want with the funds and all of those things appreciate and that doesn't necessarily mean that the the that the libra currency appreciates as well just the assets in the asset column that doesn't mean that libra is going to pay that money to the libra token holders it's far more likely that the appreciation of all the assets of the libra association when they appreciate they're just split equally among libra association members you know and and so like the, the that's the value of joining the network that's the value of the libra uh, investment token the the security token that you purchase when you buy into the equity of the Libra Central Bank and so like that and then so the users just buy the currency and that props up the value of the currency and it allows the bank to scale but it doesn't expose the users to the growth of the network the the value appreciation of the network so the actual mechanism to which how Libra actually backs its currency is like a really important detail that is not public yet so when the assets appreciate in the bank how much of that gets gets backed by the the libra currency like do the libra currency holders have any claims on the appreciation and if they don't how do we decide what they do have a measure on like is it is it the m- amount of, of fiat plus you know all the securities is it the amount at the time of purchase and how do you how do you balance that like what is actually backing it so there's an asset column and a debt column but there's no details as to like if you own a Libra cryptocurrency token that you are actually promised a specific amount of value based of off the asset columns in the Libra central bank. That's all totally not clear. Which goes to answering your question, can Libra just freely mint the Libra cryptocurrency? The, there's not too many clear details on this, but there is a sentence. Let me scroll down to my article. where here's a, Here's a direct quote from the article. The association will pay out incentives in Libra coin to founding members members to encourage adoption by users, merchants, and developers. Right. So it might be it might be somebody like Libra or Facebook operating at a loss, but it sounds like they, I mean somebody's in control of the mint. Like somebody has the button that says push, like like mint ten thousand Libra and so like it's up to the governance to to have a monetary policy like it's not fixing the central bank issue of being able to freely mint libra because that con- th- there's control over that somewhere and it has to be managed appropriately to have good monetary policy and then also to go back to your, what you said what you said it's not just fiat that backs libra it's fiat and other securities which could literally be anything. And so maybe it starts with fiat and then the securities are like super ultra low risk new United States government bonds. But then it could also be like shares of Apple or shares of Facebook or any other security. And then what happens is that the the debt column of the Libra Central Bank stays the same because the Libras, you know, don't necessarily have a claim on the appreciation of all the assets because we don't know what they have a claim on. Apple stock, Facebook stock, the government bond, and the fiat, when all of those things appreciate, those things appreciate, but that doesn't go towards the people that own the Libra. It goes to the uh, Libra investment token owners and so it goes to the shareholders of the Libra network and so like the the assets in the bank appreciate because that's what you do with your your assets in the bank if you have capital in the bank you put it to work and you invest it and so anyone who buys a Libra token is adding to the value that's in the Libra bank and so that money appreciates but that doesn't that money doesn't go back to the consumer it goes to the pockets of the uh, stakers of the Libra network, which are you know mainly Facebook, but then also the all the other big tech companies that we see around the
1: flag. Similar stablecoin business model to all the fiat-backed stablecoins.
0: Exactly, except it's
1: the stablecoin business model, but now it's the central bank business model. Sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, because they have their own currency. What do you think about a basket of currencies or like this, you know, you know, basket of goods, whatever you want to call it?
0: I mean, this is just accelerating the MakerDAO multi-collateral DAI model. This is this is what multi-collateral DAI is, except they're doing it on their own blockchain and they're doing it in a much more centralized fashion and much less algorithmic. Like it's it's a brute force multi-collateral DAI. So like and so that that's really interesting. That's really cool. That's like, that's never been done before. And so this is a story worth following. It's just not really the form that we really
1: wanted to come in. I don't know. I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy the basket of currencies thing. What, what don't you buy? I just like, I don't, I don't buy that. They're going to bootstrap the actual unit,
0: the actual unit. What do you mean?
1: Like the, the unit that is one Libra or whatever. I don't think that, I think that that's going to, there's going to be a lot of cognitive dissonance to that.
0: Yeah, I think people are really going to struggle with how to evaluate a Libra because they say it's, it's, it's asset-backed, right? And they say it's going to be a stable cryptocurrency. But that's different from being a stable coin. Um, a stable coin has a very hard peg. Like, it fluctuates no more than a few percentage points. A Libra is going to be asset-backed, so it should be more stable than, like, Ether or Bitcoin. But that's not necessarily perfectly stable. Like, it should still respond to market forces – which means people are going to have to figure out how to evaluate this thing, right? And so it, it people are going to have to use the reserves in the bank to evaluate the stable coin or the, the Libra coin, but they're not really going to know, like, okay, there's 10 billion outstanding Libra and there's $50 billion in the bank. Like, how many dollars translates to a Libra? And if that, that 50 billion goes to 100 billion, how, like, does that transfer to the Libra? These are all things that are going to be decided by the... The Calibra, which is like the the company managing this or the entity managing this, that's all going to be decided by that entity. And it's the rules or how they're going to do that are super opaque,
1: probably to their advantage. Do you remember R3? No, I don't. So R3 was during the blockchain, not Bitcoin phase. And it was a company that created a consortium of banks to investigate like distributed ledger technology and pretty much just amounted to spending money on marketing and nothing ever actually happening. Um, Hmm, Shocker. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this is potentially the same thing, but with crypto, not Bitcoin instead of blockchain, not Bitcoin. So it's just, uh, it's all on the path to uh, failing standards and failing attempts to bootstrap something and ultimately converging to Bitcoin.
0: I don't know. I, I don't think we should assume that they're going to fail on, on the bootstrapping of their network. Like they have way more resources than all of the other crypto networks combined. They don't, they might not have like the incentive alignment done perfectly, but even if it's not perfectly done, it could probably still get pretty far. And it, it might, there might be a threshold that it's over where it's done sufficiently well enough to where to the point where it can exist into the indefinite future. Like there's there's a decent chance that the Libra is up on coin market cap next to Ether, Bitcoin, Litecoin, XRP.
1: Like I I th- and I think that's a very good chance. So my question is, what do you think the Libra versus ETH chart looks like or the Libra versus Bitcoin chart looks like?
0: Yeah, I think the the Libra will be the first cryptocurrency if you want to call it a cryptocurrency even though I don't encourage you doing that. It'll be the th- first coin on coin market cap that yeah so the the libra will be the first uncorrelated cryptocurrency to the rest of cryptocurrency like i said i think it's going to be a three-way fight between governments cryptocurrencies and, and the libra and so the libra is like almost its entirely new asset class because it's the first money created by tech and not by cryptocurrency or by government because we we had money we've had we've got money developed by cryptocurrency and we've had money developed by government but this is the first cryptocurrency or digital asset you should probably call it that's not either of those things
1: a big part of your article is talking about how this is a central bank do you think that a different private central bank can emerge as well or do you think that it's just like the libra is the one and anyone, you know, everyone's just gonna pile on this.
0: Do, do I think there's gonna be a, a competing Libra by another consortium of companies? Um, no, because Facebook is, is literally the best company to do this because they are the company that is, its valuation is literally based off of its network effect. And so it's got, like I said, it's got 2.4 billion people. And so there's no – I don't think there's any one company that has more people under its hood. And so how do you compete with that as like a competing central bank trying to spawn your cryptocurrency network? Like I don't think any other company can do that. How about Google? So like that that's really interesting. So like people like Google and Microsoft, which are building on top of Ethereum and the rest of the cryptocurrency world, I think there's going to be this fissure where like some companies – stick with cryptocurrency and start building infrastructure for the cryptocurrency blockchain world. And some companies join in the, the centralized tech central bank that is Libra. Um, I don't, I I think there are going to be some companies that stick to the ethos of open source development, which we've seen Google do. Um, And I think Amazon is, is on that boat as well. Uh, We'll see. Microsoft is big on that. Microsoft is super big on that. Um, And so I think there's going to be a a fissure between closed source and open source development.
1: See, I don't know. Like, again, I fundamentally believe that open source development is just hands down better than closed source development. I don't even think that um, there's a real competition. So that's why I'm kind of skeptical about this kind of proprietary, even though they did open source it and write a white paper and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's still like it's not not the same. Right. It's permissioned.
0: I mean i agree with you but i th- what I, I think you're making an ethical or a moral argument like i i i like open source morally and ethically but we can't say that like closed source hasn't been successful like think of ios versus android yes android has more devices total but like I, apple
1: is the biggest company in the world like there, there's going to be advantages to both sides technically ios is built on open source tech though is it I mean the like the backbone, yeah, yeah. But it's proprietary operating, yeah, right. But I mean, like, this is even more. This is more like the the fundamental tech stack. Yeah,
0: I mean, do I think cryptocurrency is going to win out?
1: Even like abstracted layers, like theoretically, iOS is like abstracted layers above. Like this is like L L three L four type of thing.
0: Still, well, it's all there. There, that's one thing to consider, but then that's also the other thing to consider is how do you capture
1: value, and that can happen at different layers. I don't know. I just think that the uh, the BTC chart is gonna be looking really up against Libra and the dollar and anything else that is associated with fiat currencies, and I totally agree. That has a virtuous cycle, like people. The greed is so powerful and cryptocurrency, especially ones with very tight uh, hard caps and, uh, you know, you know, fixed supplies, close to fixed supplies, whatever, like that has a bootstrapping effect that is very powerful.
0: No, I I totally agree. And that's the big way that you combat Facebook's 2.4 billion people is you get all the people who want to speculate on these things to realize that. Libra is probably going to be a shitty speculation coin because you don't get value appreciation both on the Libra network and on the Libra coin. You have to consolidate the, the appreciation on one or the other. And so what Libra's done is they've made this currency that's relatively stable ish. And they've given all of the value capture of the network to the stakeholders. It's the tried and true Facebook model. Like we've seen this before. If you buy Libra and you use Libra, it's free to use. Like it's a permissionless cryptocurrency-ish, even though it's not. But if you're not the if you're not the uh, customer, then you're the product. Because F- Libra is this free thing that Facebook made, and you use it. It's because you're the customer of the network, and it's the network that benefits from you using it, not you right? It's not DeFi. It's just CFi again. Whereas Bitcoin and Ethereum, if you want to capture the, the value of the network as it grows, you buy the base currency. And so that's going to incentivize people like you and me who are you know, incentivized to learn about cryptocurrencies and to make sure that we make our best investment. People are going to buy the real cryptocurrencies, the, the ones that are truly native and actually give you upside potential of the growth of the network,
1: which you don't get with a Libra currency. So there's this interesting kind of uh, comparison that Brandon Quittem does in his first article talking about Bitcoin as mycelium. And uh, he brings up this example of slime mold and how they experimented in the Japanese and the Tokyo subway system to see if slime mold which is a you know naturally occur- occurring uh you know s- fungus to build a better network so what they did is they put the slime mold's favorite food at every station and then saw and saw and you know kind of saw where the slime mold kind of built out its network and it turned out that the slime mold's network was significantly more efficient and better connected than the engineers design subway system and kind of um, tracks. So I think that again, this is very similar to the open source methodology versus uh, what this is. Um, and I just think that there's just so many inputs that you just cannot um, comprehend or you can't take account for that are lost when you you know have top-down kind of decision-making. Whereas uh, when you don't have top-down decision-making uh, there's just like, you know, there's like kind of this incentive uh, feeler system that, you know, picks up on all of the all of the signal that, you know, independent people can't really pick up on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And let me take what you said and put it in different words and make sure I got it right. So Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies and every time I hear Brandon Quidem write his article about Bitcoin, I want to be like, no, it's crypto, not Bitcoin, but whatever, teach their own. It's not. It's Bitcoin. (laughs) Bitcoin does have the larger audience, so there is that. Um, But what what he's saying is that there are problems to be solved, and these emergent crypto-economic networks are much more suited to solve them by their own natural reflexes, uh, because these crypto networks are alive, and they sense things, and they respond to stressors, and and change how they act in, in accordance to their environment. But Libra is this top-down kind of akin to like the USSR or the Soviet Union, kind of like akin to authoritarianism. But like this very top-down leadership where there's this central body like evaluating what's going on and then making decisions. And that's just not as efficient as letting the individual rational economic actors making decisions as a decentralized network at large. Um so that's a really interesting to comparison and I'm aligned with it. I like it. And that this is why I'm on the cryptocurrency side of things rather than than the government or Libra
1: side of things. Yeah. Well, this is a this is a pretty shitty fight night because we mostly agree.
0: Yeah, this so this is this is just really shit on Libra night. This is a Libra episode. This is not a fight night episode.
1: Ultimately, though, I definitely think that this is bullish. Like if you just look at the what has happened to the world in the past like 3 years, like oh my god like cryptocurrency and Bitcoin went from nothing like if you look at Brian Armstrong tweets if you look at Vitalik tweets from like 2016 that was not very long ago and like some of those tweets have like four retweets like that would never (laughs) happen today and now we have Facebook and all of these companies like issuing some like private currency that is um, you know theoretically um, in opposition to or competitive with Sovereign currencies, like freaking crazy. Like this is absolutely mad. And uh, I have a feeling that this is just the beginning.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. If there was one thing that I could ask to boost the cryptocurrency prices, it would be this. Even though I'm not bullish on this in particular, there's going to be a lot of very positive things that Libra establishes for the cryptocurrency world. Like, one, it solidifies in 2.4 billion people's heads that there doesn't need to be a central bank that issues a currency. Uh, And then it's also the the cashless, the the movement into the cashless society, which also makes it just that much easier to go from from Libra to Bitcoin or Libra to Ether. Like, I I would imagine that there is in the short term future, in the next two years, there's going to be some pretty common app that lets you go in between Libra, Bitcoin, Ether, DAI. Hopefully it's cash app if, if Jack ever gets on his shit, I think um, he's doing all right. And <sighs> they just, they're, they're rolling out a uh, deposit. He could be doing better. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good. Now he just needs all the other, the other true cryptocurrencies. Um, so I, I really think this is going to be a huge benefit to people figuring out what it means to be money. And when you investigate what it means to be money, you realize that you end up in the realm of true cryptocurrencies. I can't believe you don't own Bitcoin. Yeah. You, you, you want to start this fight night? <laughs> the thing is, okay, so this is what I said to the guy who said, I'm worried that you don't own any Bitcoin. And I said, if I wanted to own as much Bitcoin as possible, I would still do exactly what I'm doing right now. And so, like, we'll, we can revisit this at the end of the bull market, and we'll see if my thesis is correct or, no, or not. But I, But for the last four months my the value of my portfolio has been going up first bitcoin like it's almost doubled and so i'm going to keep on even if i i don't want bitcoin but if i did i would still do my strategy which is you know the DeFi strategy leverage works people in
1: bitcoin are using leverage too yeah i don't think they're using as much leverage as i am that's cheaply Bitmex is a crazy business
0: <laughs> yeah Bit- Bit- Bitmex
1: is centralized that's not cool I feel like all of these things are centralized on s- certain degrees. I don't know. I just don't see it as black and white as like. Yeah, but if you
0: sign up with an email and password, it's centralized to the largest degree.
1: It is a centralized business, but they're doing other things that make them uh, anti-fragile. Whereas like Maker does some things that make it anti-fragile, but in some ways it's very centralized. Like it's incorporated in the United States under some random holding company as well as an undercount. No, no not
0: MakerDAO. MakerDAO isn't. The Maker Foundation is. Those are different.
1: I don't know if that's actually – I think that that might just be like language, but I don't think that that might not be a real difference. Well, because even if
0: MakerDAO gets dissolved as a foundation, like all of those individuals still can contribute code. Like they're not going to jail. It's like it just loses the funding is the issue. And then then you're right. We'll see how anti-fragile that
1: system is. I'm just saying that there's a lot of ways to skirt regulations and uh, I don't agree with hardline like this is decentralized versus Mm. this is not decentralized. I think that there's a mean, they're all means to an end. Well,
0: first off, MakerDAO isn't a blockchain. It's a protocol. It's an application on top of a blockchain. So the need for it to be decentralized is less. So that's one thing. And then also, you're also totally right. The MakerDAO. Dao foundation or the maker foundation is like this crutch for a maker dow to lean on and it would probably be better if that thing just fell out from under it so it could learn to to swim on its own but at the same time we might as well deplete all of the uh all of the development funds that we have for maker dow and then at that point in time it can just carry on on its own afterwards like it's just a matter of timing like when when does the maker foundation run out well the answer to that is when all the funds run out and there's no reason to hasten that process just in the in the in the search of being perfectly decentralized. Let's wrap it up. All right. That was a good episode. You guys can find the podcast at POV Crypto Pod. Christian just said, fuck Libra. I fifty percent agree. You can find me at Trustless State. You can also find the article that I'm referencing uh, on my medium, which is also
1: at Trustless State. Christian. You can find me at CK underscore snarks. This is the last episode that's going out before Bitcoin 2019. Hopefully we don't convert David because this podcast will be a lot less interesting if David is a Bitcoiner. So, Yeah, we, we would change the name. Yeah, no, it just wouldn't be nearly as good. So uh, he's going to be hanging out with a lot of Bitcoiners, Ethereans. So be careful, but I'll, I'll try to, you know, he, he's a stubborn one. So uh, I, I think we'll be all right.
0: I'm hoping my Ether shirt from ETHUB store comes before I leave, but I don't think it's going to make it here in time. Sad face. Yeah. Tears. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review the podcast. We have a bunch of new listeners. If you are listening at this moment, please pull out your phone and go to the iTunes store and give us a five-star review. It's how we progress this podcast and get more listeners. If you chuckled at all, I think we deserve it. Um, thank you.
1: Yes. Hey, it was nice. We stopped asking for it for a really long time, but reviews also stopped. So there's one way to not have <laughs> us ask it's just review by yourself. Okay. So just know if you like what's coming out, just
0: review. Let's go. We also respond to reviews the most. So if you have a request and you put it in the review, that's how you get like the best response from me Christian. Just life hack. All right, it's over.